Hi, welcome to The Magic in Our Garage, where we talk about all things Disney. I'm Michael. And I'm Mackenzie. Hey there, we're Michael and Kenzie, and this is The Magic in Our Garage podcast. We love Disney, and we thought, what better way to share our love than through a podcast? Today we're going to be recording 20 questions each. It's going to be an opportunity for you guys to get to know a little bit about us before we dive into this great big journey that is our podcast. Mackenzie's prepared 20 questions for me. I've prepared 20 questions for her. Neither of us knows what's going to be in them other than the fact that they'll be Disney related. Hopefully. So we have no idea what's going to happen. No, right? Yeah. No idea what's going to happen? Yeah. So let, let's get started. Mackenzie, I'll defer to you. Okay. What is your favorite memory at Disney World? That's already so similar to one of mine. Okay, my favorite memory at Disney. I'll think about Disneyland, too, in case it's it could possibly maybe be over there. I just thought of something. My favorite memory is after I graduated high school, me and three of my closest friends went to Disney for 10 days. We didn't stay on property, but we had an opportunity to go to all, all four parks plus the water parks. And I've got to say, that was that was probably my favorite memory. What about you? My favorite memory is probably when I was younger and we were living in California. And I always wanted to go to Disneyland. And luckily, we had season passes, so that was amazing. And I was begging my parents to go, but we had something planned that day and just didn't have a lot of time to go. So I just begged them to just take me for one ride. So my dad took me all the way to Disneyland just so we could ride one ride, which was my favorite ride, which was Big Thunder Railroad. And we rode it, and then we had to leave. Uh, But the fact that I was just able to go for that one ride will always be one of my favorite childhood Disney memories. All right. So now let's go to my question. My first question, and you'll see. You'll see. (laughs) What's your earliest Disney memory? Early Disney memory. It doesn't have to be parks. It can be anything Disney. Oh, goodness. Um... My earliest Disney memory <laughs> is probably going to the parks. I, I vaguely remember going with my sister and my parents when I was really young to Disney, Hollywood, Disney MGM Studios, as it was called at the time. I remember us being around the, the Tower of Terror and not wanting to go on it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I remember when I was younger, not being tall enough to ride certain rides and that I would get really sad and upset about it. And once I was almost tall enough to ride the rides like Space Mountain, I remember getting shoes with platforms and that way I would be like just tall enough to ride them. And I remember always like laughing and giggling, thinking I was like tricking the cast members because I was like barely tall enough to ride the rides just because of the platforms in my shoes. So I guess I remember that. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I didn't know that was a thing people did. I guess it makes sense. Okay, number two for you. Okay, what is the one thing you're most excited about for Disney and or Pixar in 2018? Oh, gosh, that may not be my second question, but that's going to be something that comes up later. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to say The Incredibles, too. I'm a, I'm a huge Pixar fan, so anything they do, anything they touch is gold to me. So I'm really excited to see what The Incredibles 2 is going to look like. What about you? Does it have to be movies, or can it be theme park related? It can be anything. Okay. It's just Disney. It's your question. Yeah, well, that's true. 
I guess for me, I am excited to hopefully be able to learn more about Star Wars Galaxy Edge. I just think it's going to be a very immersive experience, unlike anything that anyone has ever seen before. And so I'm just really excited to kind of see the magic that they're able to bring to that land. Hopefully being able to visit it in California or just learn more about what's going to be coming to Disney World. Okay. You do listen to a lot of these podcasts, so I I can believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm a big fan. If you have a podcast, I probably listen to you too. So yeah, big fan. Okay. Moving on to my second question. This one's a little, little different. We're obviously still borderline obsessed with Disney in our adulthood. What do you think differentiates Disney from other content providers? I.e., what do you think they have or do that has kept us enchanted from the moment we were toddlers through today and into our future? Well, I think that when we were younger, obviously we have a lot of great childhood memories of being in the parks or associated with the different movies, of just having that innocence of a child but also just those really strong memories that are tied back although I know that a lot of people didn't grow up with Disney but are still fans today and I think a lot of that comes from just being transported into the land or immersed in the movie or experience or whatever it is and just going there and just forgetting about your worries or troubles or sickness or whatever's going on in your personal life and just being completely immersed and back into a child's sense of wonderment. So, I mean, you see adults with Mickey ears, and that's kind of funny because where else are you going to see that, right? Most people don't feel like they can kind of revert back to being a child in the parks or whatever, anywhere else. And so to me, I just think it just has this, this magic that you really can't find with any other product or thing. Okay. I would say for me, I first got hooked with the Disney Renaissance of the early to mid nineties, Lion King, Aladdin, Toy Story, not to mention all the other ones. I think what's kind of held me through till today is kind of how the quality of the stories that Disney tells and then the ability to interact with them in the parks and then to enjoy the movies in your own home. Disney's storytelling has always been head and shoulders above the competitors. Maybe not in terms of technical prowess or the stories itself, but just in terms of the heart that Disney's got. It feels like it's a business with a soul and that their their main goal isn't necessarily profit margins. That's always the feeling that I've gotten. I think some people would definitely debate the profit thing with you, but yeah. Right. I I understand (laughs) that that's a thing, but maybe they mask it better than other companies. I don't know. Yeah, I just think the brand itself just has a sense of innocence, too, which you can't really say about many things these days. It's just something that, you know, all children can experience. It just has a good reputation in general, and it's really not tainted in any way, and they really do a lot to try to protect that brand, uh, whether it be a theme park or an actor or actress in their movies or the voices or anything like that. So I think that's really special, too. Okay, so that's two from me. What's three from you? All right. If you could only get one fast pass at each park, which ride would you get? And this includes, of course, all four theme parks at Disney World, as well as Disneyland and California Adventure. Okay, so six fast passes? Yes. All right, so I'll start with, I suppose I'll start with Disneyland. If we're talking California Adventure, it would definitely be the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. 
that one, uh, I was a little nervous when they transitioned it from Tower of Terror to Guardians, because Tower of Terror is so iconic. But the effort they put into the theming for Guardians of the Galaxy, and the fact, perhaps the fact that this is the first Marvel ride we've seen, I was very, very impressed with that ride. I thought it was very good, and I liked the fact that you get a different experience every time you go on it. From the the falls being different and randomized as an homage back to the Tower of Terror to the music when you're riding the ride itself. I love everything about it. Not to mention the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're awesome. Uh, Disneyland, probably Splash Mountain. I love that ride. The line's always super long. So that would be a, a go-to fast fast for me. If Moving over to Walt Disney World, I feel like with Magic Kingdom, I could double dip a little bit. So between Disneyland and Disney World, yeah, my top two are Haunted Mansion and Splash Mountain. So I went with Splash Mountain and Disneyland. So I would go with Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World. It doesn't always require a fast pass, but at least it gets you out of the sun. Animal Kingdom, I would choose Flight of Passage. I love Expedition Everest. It's a little older. The line's not necessarily as long. and It has a single rider line, whereas Flight of Passage is going to be three hours. Disney Hollywood Studios, probably Toy Story Mania. I forget if that's exactly what it's called, but that ride's still got quite a long line, and it's uh, it's one of my favorites. And then lastly, Epcot, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say at Epcot, my favorite ride at Epcot is probably Test Track, so I would say Test Track. That And sometimes that ride can break down, so it's nice. All the time. It's nice if you get the Fast Pass, <laughs> you don't have to worry about uh, necessarily waiting in line. I think last time we went, we had to wait. 30 to 45 minutes in line because we didn't have a fast pass and because it was broken down. Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience to say the least. What do you think about my picks? Anything major you would change? Uh, yeah, because we have some different favorites, but that's okay. Some of them overlap. I think at Disneyland, I would probably choose Space Mountain just because I think Space Mountain is better at Disneyland than Disney World. And the line can get pretty long, and it's also the queue. A lot of it is outside, and it can be warm sometimes. So definitely Space Mountain for Disneyland. For California Adventure, I would say Radiator Springs Racers. That is my all-time favorite ride in California. It is amazing. Cars Land, the theming is just phenomenal. But I won't go off on too far of a tangent with that because I could talk about that all day. I love Cars Land. As far as Epcot, I would say Frozen Ever After, which I know you're going to think I'm crazy because, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the Frozen Empire, if you will. But I will say that that ride was actually really fun. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. And, you know, it it was a little bit more thrilling than I was expecting to. And there's just not a ton of rides in Epcot anyway. And that one's just my favorite ride that is there. And the and I was going to say, and it's character-themed. A lot of the rides at Epcot aren't character-driven. That's true. It is character-driven, and the line is obviously insane all the time for that ride, and I would never want to actually wait in the queue. For Magic Kingdom, who I would say probably Big Thunder Railroad, the reason for that is because the queue is obviously outside. It's Florida, it's hot, and of course, it's one of my all-time favorite rides. Animal Kingdom, I would agree with you for Flights of Passage. That ride is amazing and so well done. Obviously, the wait is still crazy at the time we're recording this. Who knows when that will change, but for now, that is the case. So it's always nice to have a fast pass for that one. And for Hollywood Studios, oh man, right now, so many things are closed. It's absolutely ridiculous. Of course, that will change and it will become a wonderful park again. 
But right now, I would say probably Tower of Terror. Uh, I still really love that ride. I was really scared when they switched it over in California. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that just because it has always been one of my favorites. But they did a great job for anyone that hasn't experienced Mission Breakout. Highly recommend it. It's better than Tower of Terror now. So definitely check that out. Okay, so I, I know we're supposed to go to my questions, but I'm curious if you had to limit that to just one ride, period, which one would it be? Radiator Springs Racers. Wouldn't be Flight of Passage? No. I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but honestly, the only thing about Avatar Flight of Passage, I have to say, is the 3D glasses. To me, I, I don't know how I feel about that, and, and I know that's kind of like a crazy thing to say, but they didn't stay on my head well. I kind of have a small head even for an adult, and I, I just had to hold them on the whole time. I felt like they were going to fly off my face, and I don't know. To me, I just kind of almost took away from the immersive piece of the experience. Not that it's not a great ride, because it really is, and I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to go back and ride it again. But Radiator Springs Racers honestly just has my heart more than an Avatar Flight of Passage. Okay, and for me, I would probably say... I can't believe I'm saying this because it's California and I preferred Florida, but I would say Mission Breakout, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. That ride's just so good. Oh man, I want to go back to California <laughs> Adventure so, <laughs> so bad. <good. laughs> uh, okay, uh, so let's let's keep let's keep it the train moving. Okay. On to the next land. All right, so this one's a little bit long. Let me get it out and then we'll see what you think. Okay. So what do you think Disney's future looks like? You can answer in terms of what's meaningful to you. I'm thinking about how the company we've come to love will continue to survive and thrive into the future. Will Disney's renaissance sustain itself, or will Disney see another elongated slump? Will we see more parks? Do you think we'll continue to see much new IP, intellectual property, or do you think Disney will go all in on cinematic universes and focus on new narratives within existing worlds they've already established? Meaning, like Marvel, everything's occurring within one big cinematic universe where everything's connected, versus Pixar, Disney's Pixar, you've got a lot of films that are standalone that aren't necessarily, unless you're a conspiracy theorist, within the same universe. <laughs> so, do you think we'll see new parks? I mean, you can answer however you oh want. Oh my gosh, that was a really long question. I think you need to break it up a little bit. Um, Basically, what do you think we're going to see? Like, What are you excited, or what do you think we're going to see in Disney's future? Is Disney okay. going to continue on this upward trend? If so, what are going to be their big key investments? Obviously, yeah. we know a couple things that are coming in the next few years, yeah. but beyond that. Yeah, well, I think if the economy continues to do well, Disney will continue to do well. I mean, obviously, it's tied directly to the economy. So if people have money to go on vacations, they have money to go to see movies, and Disney's going to continue to grow and flourish. Especially with the acquisition of 21st Century Fox, I think a lot of new things will be coming in the future. Uh, of course, you can speculate on that all day long, but I do think that in terms of what we know theme parks are today, I think that that's going to continue to evolve and change in ways that we can't even imagine. And I think a lot of it's going to start with Star Wars Galaxy Edge. I think the immersive experiences are just going to continue to grow and flourish just a lot like we saw with the Avatar land in Animal Kingdom, which I know that's not technically the name, but that's what I always refer to it as. <laughs> And, of course, Cars Land in California Adventure is also pretty immersive. So I think we're going to continue to see that, but on a different scale. And the way that a lot of youth is entertained today with just the video games and the virtual reality and all those types of things, I think it's going to continue to grow and evolve into the theme parks. And 
it's going to be things that we just can't even imagine on a completely different scale. So I think that that's going to be really exciting, especially with the Star Wars Hotel and just like having that experience. I just think it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen or could think of ourselves. And then I think California Adventure in particular is definitely going to grow into more of a maybe like teenage or adult centric kind of park maybe a little bit less of a kid kind of park I think that they're going to bring a lot more of the Marvel stuff there I think we're definitely going to see that there and I'm really curious to see if they're going to do anything like that as they expand in Disney World I mean they have so much more land there so I'm sure we're going to see a lot more things kind of grow into Disney World as well so it's interesting to kind of see how they're branching out at uh, in California and Florida and how different the parks actually can be right I agree about the immersion I do think that's going to be a big thing for Disney the economy does drive them but because they're not necessarily a U.S. based company exclusively if other economies are doing well it it may not be as impacted right because China and Japan Paris or, or Europe I guess as a whole they could potentially do better as we're not doing as well in the U.S. I'm of the opinion that Disney's only going to continue to grow, and if the economy does downturn, they'll take advantage of it to buy some more intellectual property on the cheap. (laughs) And as an extension to that, I think we're going to see more and more new intellectual property in the parks. Maybe not new intellectual property in the movies. I think just the direction of the industry as a whole is more stories within worlds they've already established. Star Wars, for example. Mm -hmm. And on the movie side, more movies within those established universes. And then on the park side, I think they're going to do like what you said in California Adventure and try to involve more and more of this IP that they're buying into their parks. So that that could look like Marvel, that could look like Indiana Jones, which until Lucasfilm was licensed, but now they own it. So they can bring more and more Indiana Jones in. They bought Pixar like 10 years ago. They'll bring more and more Pixar in because in the U.S. parks, at least, there's not a huge footprint for Disney Pixar films. I mean, we've already got that on on the roadmap with Toy Story Land and Ratatouille. And Pixar Pier and California Adventure, unless they decide to nix that. Um, So that should be interesting, too. Yeah, so I think we're going to see really just extensions of things that they've kind of experimented with in the last couple years. Cars Land, that's Pixar. We're going to see more and more of that. Mission Breakout, Guardians of the Galaxy is the first Marvel ride in the world. So we're going to see more and more of that because of how successful that had been and how much everybody's loved that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now, now to your question. Okay. My next question is, <laughs> what are some new things you would like to experience this year? And when I say new, I mean really new. So things that we've never done at Disneyland or Disney World before. And for the audience... We've been multiple times, so this is kind of a loaded question and maybe would have a unique answer. I don't know. Okay, so we're going to Disney World again this year. We we don't have any kids. We tend to stay away from the water parks in general, so probably won't do anything new on that side this time around. I'm thinking the biggest new experience for us this time, and this is kind of lame, would be the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much theming that goes around the different hotels and the resorts. Maybe maybe it won't just be at the hotel we're staying at. Maybe we'll branch out and we'll, we'll go see Ohana finally at the Polynesian. Or maybe try the California Grill or visit the Contemporary or something like that. But I think that's where we're going to see our new experiences, at least on the park level this year. Uh, maybe I'm lame. I'm pretty interested to see more of what's out there. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that's a hard question just because we've been so many times, right? But, I mean, obviously I'm excited about getting to see Toy Story Land. 
of course I'm naturally a little trying to set my expectations appropriately just because I don't think it's going to be as immersive or amazing as Star Wars Galaxy Edge or anything like that but still excited because I think that it definitely will be a fun place to go definitely excited like you said about visiting a new resort we're still kind of on the fence between two right now but who knows we'll see it kind of as the discounts and everything like that unfold for the time of year that we're going maybe we'll even get to do some kind of tour or something this time I know last time we kind of played with the idea of doing the behind the scenes tour at Magic Kingdom uh, the keys to the kingdom tour so maybe we could make time to do that this time I mean obviously it takes up a huge chunk of the day but I think we'd both really enjoy that too so maybe we could add on something like that yeah yeah I think that that's something that I'd definitely be interested in doing we also last time we went just this past September, we didn't spend a lot of time at Disney Springs. I don't even know if we made it out there at all. I didn't. That might be something we get to experience. Last time I went, it was downtown Disney, so I haven't seen the new theming since they converted it. Yeah, maybe we just need to add a couple of days onto our trip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, was that, are we looking at four? Yes. Okay, so fast forward five, ten years in the future. At that point in time, we'll see 2023 or 2028, and we're looking back. What do you think will be the biggest change for the better in the U.S. parks? I limit it to U.S. because we're not going to get a chance to go see the ones abroad for some time. Do you think we'll look back and we'll be like, man, Avatar Land was the best. Star Wars Land was the best. Cars Land, Toy Story Land. Changes to Epcot because they're gonna they're ponying up like billions of dollars to change Epcot. Something else maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say, obviously. But if I had to guess, I think Star Wars Galaxy Edge is going to be something that completely changes the way that theme parks are thought of. I think it's just going to bring a whole new standard to an immersive experience. So I truly believe that that's something we're going to look back on and just be like, wow, who knew that this could happen, that this technology existed, that something could be this amazing. I think a lot of the changes in Epcot will be interesting. I just am kind of wondering about what the future is going to hold for Epcot. Um, Epcot was or is currently not one of my favorite parks. I know that, again, that's probably not the most popular opinion, but if I had to rank it, it would probably be last on my list right now. And the reason for that is just because, one, I have a ton of food allergies and I can't really eat at all the countries like most people do. And the second reason is because I love the rides and there's just really not a whole bunch of rides there. And so for me, not that I don't love it for what it is, but it just isn't one of my favorites. So I'm just really interested to see what they're going to bring in and see if maybe my opinion changes in the future looking back. How about you? It's interesting what you say about Star Wars Land. I do agree the level of immersion that they're going to bring there, especially with the hotel, is going to change things. I'm wondering if it's going to ruin all of the theme parks for me by making it so, <laughs> so much of a differentiator, so much better. On the Epcot side, I do agree that for you, Epcot's not necessarily as much fun. I am interested to see what these billions of dollars of changes are going to look like, how it's going to change Epcot's identity. One thing I think is underrated maybe now is going to be how Avatar Land or Pandora and Animal Kingdom stands the test of time and how it continues to change. Because right now it's based on a movie in the series, the series of Avatar, which isn't even a series yet, that hasn't even been released yet. So by the time 2028 rolls around, we should have three, four, maybe five more Avatar movies. So I'm interested to see how that's going to change my perspective on that. Obviously, Star Wars is really important because it's been around for 
50 years. I'm curious to see how the creation of more and more Avatar movies and the passage of time, how that's going to impact that series and our perception of it in the parks. Do you think that they're afraid to release more of those movies? I've kind of wondered that. I mean, I know that the release date has been pushed back multiple times for some of those movies. So do you think they're almost afraid to release some in case it's a flop the next time they release it? Or what do you think? With James Cameron in charge... That guy's a hit maker, so I think I think it'll be fine. The stakes are a little bit higher. We've seen what happens when... It's a little bit different because Avatar's already got a successful movie out, arguably the most successful of all time because it made the most money. We've seen what happens when studios decide to make universes without having an established entry in the franchise. You may not know this, but the Mummy movie that came out from Universal this year was intended to be a franchise for monster movies. And it was absolutely the worst movie possibly of the year, maybe of the last <laughs> couple of years. So they had to put a stop to that immediately. So, you know, maybe that'll happen with Avatar. My suspicion is that it's like the Star Wars movies. They'll be good. Unlike the Star Wars movies, there's a lot of people out there who are invested in the storyline and have opinions on which way the story should go. So maybe where that hurt The Last Jedi, that might help Avatar because there's not a lot of story outside of the movie. Maybe the movie there's some fan fiction, but there's not a lot of canon with which people can compare it to, so it won't be as scrutinized, I don't think. With James Cameron and the lack of source material outside of the movies, I think there's a lot of opportunity for Avatar to do well. As long as it's entertaining, it doesn't have a lot to be compared against, it will do well, in my opinion. So I think, I think that land is going to get a lot more attention going forward. Good. Okay. So if you had an unlimited budget, what would your Disney trip look like? And I would like the details of the parks you would want to go to, how long your stay is, the hotel you'd want to stay at, what add-ons would you include, all of that good stuff. Okay. Well, that's a little easy to answer. If I had an unlimited budget, I would spend two days at every single park in the world. (laughs) Uh, that way, I'm, I'm sure I can get all the stuff in, because we heard recently that one day in Disney Tokyo is not enough. No, you have to... This, <laughs> this is one trip, not multiple trips. This is one trip. One I have a limited budget, therefore no, I have unlimited time. No. I might not even have a no, job if no, I have a limited budget. No, you have to pick one Disney park, one Disney hotel, etc. Well, one Disney... Not park necessarily, because I can do Disney World. Right, okay. Okay, well then I would go to Walt Disney World. I would stay at multiple resorts across the duration of my stay, just to see several of the ones that may be out of my reach right now, or ones that I haven't yet experienced. I don't know in which order in which I would stay, but I would definitely want to stay at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. I would want to stay at the Contemporary, just to see what that one's all about. The Polynesian... I'm not as much interested in the Grand Flow. I would like to stay in one of the ones by Epcot. So probably what I would do is I'd spend two days at each park at Disney World, take or leave the water parks, and the hotel at which I would stay would be reflected by the park I'm staying at. So Animal Kingdom Lodge I would stay at when I'm going to Animal Kingdom. Contemporary I'd probably stay at when I'm going to Magic Kingdom. Polynesian's also kind of by Magic Kingdom, but I'd probably go with that one when I'm staying at Hollywood Studios or when I'm visiting Hollywood Studios. And then lastly... I think the Boardwalk Resort is by Epcot. Whichever one you can you can walk into Epcot by Paris or the France Pavilion, that's the one I would stay at when I went to Epcot. Obviously, some of those parks aren't necessarily two-day parks. Magic Kingdom, yes. Epcot, I think, can be, depending on how much eating you want to do. 
probably not spend my full day in each of the parks. I'd probably divvy it up a little bit more, maybe spend some of my evenings in uh, Disney Springs. Since I'd be staying by Epcot a couple of nights, that'd probably give me the ability to have a few more meals there, maybe a few more dinners at Epcot because there's so many good restaurants there. You know, I would take advantage of maximizing my time in the parks, maximizing uh, the things outside of the parks that you get to see. And for me, that would be experiencing the different resorts, experiencing a little bit more of Disney Springs and how they'd rethink that, and taking advantage of some things that I haven't seen yet. I've seen French Quarter, I've seen the All-Star Resorts, I've seen uh, the Caribbean Resort. I'd, I really want to see, like I was saying before, I guess it's lame. I want to see the other resorts, see what they're all about. So it'd be an exploratory visit for me, trying a bunch of different new things with a little bit of nostalgia thrown in there because that's, that's a big part of Disney. What about you? Well, if I were to go international, it would definitely be to Tokyo Disney. Obviously, Disneyland and Disney Sea sound amazing, and I'm just beginning to start to research this but definitely is on my goal list eventually in the future to go to those parks and stay multiple days there just seems absolutely amazing but if it were going to be in the states i don't know it's honestly really hard for me to choose between disneyland and disney world just because i love both for different reasons but I guess if you're going to do a long trip, Disney World obviously makes more sense than Disneyland just because there's so much more to do. So I would want to stay in all of the villas because obviously there's not many people that get to experience those just because the price point. So definitely would want to stay in the Copper Creek villas, all of the villas. Uh, I would want to try all of the high-end restaurants just because why not, right? If you have an unlimited budget. <laughs> why not? Yeah, exactly. And I would want to do a lot of the behind-the-scenes tours, too. I know there's so many to experience, and I just love the theme parks and everything behind it, so I really think I would enjoy getting to do those. I mean, if I had an unlimited budget, I would live there, so I would just say, let's just stay as long as this uh, trip could last. I would be there. I would live there. I just think it's amazing, so I guess that's kind of my long-winded answer to what my trip would look like. You reminded me of one memory that I had that I particularly liked. When I was in high school, I was in the band, and we went to Disney World, and we did the thing where at Hollywood Studios, you go behind the scenes and they show you a, a movie and you get to play the music for the soundtrack along with that movie and take home a copy of it. I thought that was really cool. Wow, yeah, that sounds like fun. Number five, right? That yes. sounds right. What do you think is the next level of immersion for Disney when we visit the parks? With the new Star Wars Hotel coming out, it's clear that Disney is okay taking risks to push the immersion of their offerings because that's something we've never seen before. Do you think we'll see the paradigm shift in our lifetime to the point where you don't even have to leave your homes to experience the parks? I'm talking like augmented reality or virtual reality. I mean, maybe. I kind of hope not, though, because honestly, the way virtual reality stands today, I'm not a huge fan. Granted, I'm sure that it will come a long way in the future, but right now I get motion sickness from it, so I have no interest in the way it stands today. I, I think the immersion, the next level from what we're hearing about Star Wars Galaxy Edge is just going to be a continued story, just a true immersive experience to which you never have to leave. And some of the things I've heard, rumors, if you will, just the whole thing just sounds so amazing. If you're staying at the resort, then you truly never have to leave that land if you don't want to. And just the way that 
they'll kind of keep track of the things that you've done and the experiences that you've had and if you are successful in this mission or not successful and which side you're on and all of that it just the whole thing um sounds amazing it's you never have to leave unless you want to is it immersive from the point you get to the airport in orlando (laughs) no and not from what i've heard so far but that doesn't mean that that Might could be on change. the yeah. <laughs> yeah. From what I've heard, it's mostly just the hotel and theme park side of things. If you were staying in this Star Wars hotel, and then of course going into Star Wars Galaxy Edge, it would be connected. So that sounds really neat for some of the rumors I've heard, but I guess we'll just have to see. I think the big point is it's nothing that we can think of, right? So it's just, it's going to be beyond that. And so I'm just really excited to see what the future holds. I think augmented reality is going to be kind of cool. I don't know if you know much about augmented reality, but it's the same kind of deal where you wear some kind of headset or glasses, except in virtual reality, it's 100% immersive. You can't see any of the outside world. In augmented reality, it's like you're sitting at home on your couch and you've got like Goofy sitting next to you. Because why not? That would just be so cool. I don't know. I don't know what it would take in order to do that. But I think if if we had if we got to the point where we could experience Disney or these different touch increase the number of touch points for Disney in our own home. It might be it might be a little scary, it might never leave, but I think that would be pretty cool. And yeah, so what's your next question? Yeah. Alright, what is your favorite Pixar movie of all time and why? Just Pixar, not Disney? Alright, you can throw Disney in there too. Alright, well I'm gonna do just Pixar because I have an affinity for Pixar, so it'd probably be Pixar anyways. <laughs> well, you happen to know that my favorite Pixar character is Wally, by far. For a long time I would have said Wally is my favorite movie. But now, having just thought about it and walked through it with one of my friends the other day, I think at this point in time, January 2018, my favorite Pixar movie is... It's it's hard to pick just one, but if I had to pick just one, I would say it's Inside Out. Mm. Inside Out is so good. It just it, it does such a good job of deconstructing the concept of our... The processes in our mind, the thing we don't even really understand... And making them entertaining and consumable or understandable in a way that anybody can understand. It doesn't matter if you're 100, you're 50, or you're 5. Not to mention the fact that that movie does such a good job of pulling at your heartstrings. I mean, Bing Bong says, take Riley to the moon for me. And then he, he fades into our memory. It's just such an emotional moment for me. The highs and the lows. I just love everything about that movie. I, I think the, the emotions themselves are cast perfectly. Bill Hader is fear, uh, Mindy Kaling is disgust, Amy Poehler is joy, Louis Black as anger, and then Phyllis as sadness. I'm sorry, I don't remember her last name. <laughs> but everything top to bottom, such a good movie. Love everything about it. No complaints. What about you? Well, yeah, for Pixar, I think I have to agree with the Inside Out thing. I love that movie uh, for multiple different reasons. It's just the fact that it just makes you think so much, I think that alone just speaks a lot to what that movie brings out I don't know I don't really know the best way to describe it you did a much better job so I just second what you said I guess if it's Disney my all-time favorite would probably be Beauty and the Beast I'm a huge Beauty and the Beast fan so let me interrupt you for a second. Would it be the original Beauty and the Beast or the live action Beauty and the Beast? It would be the original just because, I mean, I have just such strong ties, I guess, to the original just from growing up and everything like that. Not that I didn't like the live action. I thought they did a really great job with that, and I'm excited for the future live action ones to come out. 
but the original would definitely be my favorite. Okay, so I'm going to rearrange my questions a little bit and ask you this one now because we're talking about it. What do you think of the new live-action remakes of classic 2D animated Disney films, i.e. The Lion King, The Jungle Book, and Mulan? Note that they're not musicals. It's speculation at some point. We haven't seen Lion King, we haven't seen Mulan, we haven't seen The Little Mermaid, but we have seen Beauty and the Beast, we have seen The Lion King. All right, I think Beauty and the Beast was still technically a musical. The Jungle Book was not. What do you think? Do you think Disney's retreading paths that don't merit being seen again? Do you think there's something new we're getting from these stories? What do you think? What do you like? What do you don't like? All right, so for the live-action movies, I have to say that, I mean, I enjoy them. I just think it's nice to have something for this generation that maybe our generation enjoyed, but in a different way. I have to say that I'm not really sure how I feel about them not including music or not being true musicals, I guess. I guess I'm just interested to see how that's going to play out. I know for me personally, I am a huge Disney music nerd. I love it all. I love the Broadway shows. I love listening to the soundtracks. And to me, it just brings so many emotions and so many emotional ties. And so without that, I'm a little worried of what that's going to look like, I think. But I mean, it's Disney, and I trust them, and I'm sure it'll be amazing in its own way. It'll just be interesting to see how they pull that off. What do you think? I'm not a huge fan, I'll be honest. Maybe if it was my first touch point with these movies, I might feel differently, like if I were a kid today. But for me, nothing beats the source material. I don't often fall asleep in movies, but the only ones I've fallen asleep in were the Jungle Book remake. It just it didn't have the same heart for me. And then, it, that wasn't a movie, but... The rehashing of Finding Nemo and the Finding Nemo musical in the park. I heard it was good. I saw it. I fell asleep. Maybe it's because I was in a dark room in a temperature-controlled environment on a hot day. But these retellings of the same stories, but without anything new to the narrative, just the different form of storytelling, they don't do anything for me. I'm not not a huge fan. not going to lie. What's next for you? All right. If you could only share two planning tips for Disney World, what would they be? Two planning tips stay on property for sure because you get the advantage of booking things so much further out than people who stay off property and i think there's there's something to be said about finding a good balance of flexibility versus structure that said a lot of these things you're not going to be able to do without planning ahead so i would say when the opportunity rolls around to make your your dining reservations or your fast pass reservations try to be on top of it as much as possible When you get to the parks, don't feel like you're constrained to those times. Dining reservations, for the most part, uh, I think you can be a little more flexible with. It's true, it's it's really hard to get in to be our guest or Cinderella's Royal Table when you're at the park. But I think if you you decide to go to a place that you can only get a reservation to when you book really far out, you're not going to have that much different of experience than, let's say, if you book day of or decide to cancel those reservations and go to like a skipper's canteen over in adventure lane in magic kingdom so i would say because of the nature of the bookings and how hard it can be to get in when you go to the parks take advantage of the 180 day window for re- uh, dining reservations and then the, the six what 60 day window for fast passes but when you get in the park don't feel like you have to don't feel like those are gospel you can you can change them do whatever you think feels right in the moment just because you have those reservations doesn't mean you have to use them. So my, in summary, my two things are stay on property, book far out, but don't feel like you have to stick with that if it doesn't feel right when you're in the parks. Because ultimately you want to have fun. That's the whole point of these trips.
What do you think, Mackenzie? Yeah, I mean, I would say that staying on property is definitely one that I would recommend just because there's so many added benefits to staying on property, including extra magic hours, which when we took advantage of those, we got so much more done and it was just so nice and so much fun. And obviously the the transportation, um, not to mention getting to book things further out than other people. There's just so many added bonuses to staying on property. And also you just kind of get to stay in the immersion, which I really enjoy personally. And then I would say the second thing is plan, but not over plan. So similar to what you said, it's definitely important to plan and have something in mind on what it is that you want to do, what it is that's important for you and your family, and what it is that you want to get out of the trip. But be flexible because there's going to be things that come up in the moment and you really want to enjoy those moments as those opportunities arise because those are going to be the memories that last. And you don't want to over plan because you don't want to be every minute having to stick to a schedule and worrying about what's next and stressing that isn't fun and so you just want to be in the moment put your phone away spend time with your family and just enjoy and whatever comes kind of comes but you still have those things that are obviously important to you that you have planned to make sure that you get those in too okay all right so with disney's purchase of fox they'll be rolling out lots of lots of new ip into their fold (laughs) the simpsons x-men among others I have this question, too. Do you have any other properties you'd like to see Disney own that they don't own today? I, what stories would you like Disney to purchase and make their own? It's hard to think of ones they don't own already, because they own so many series at this point. But ones that come to mind that they don't own that they could potentially bring in are Lord of the Rings. No. DreamWorks Animation. Blue Sky Animation, i.e. the house that built Ice Age. You know, among, among others. Anyways, what would you like to see Disney buy and incorporate? I'd like to see Disney buy some of the DreamWorks animation properties. I happen to love How to Train Your Dragon. I don't even think they'd have to change anything. That series is one of the few non-Disney ones that's so perfect. You wrote this question for yourself. (laughs) So, okay, moving on. What are some of the ways you keep Disney magic alive in between trips? Planning the next one. (laughs) Really, that's it? That's the biggest one. (laughs) Anticipation is a big deal. What about you? Well, I do a lot of things. Obviously, I'm the planner in our relationship, so I'm usually the one who's obsessing over every detail. She's the Disney planner. (laughs) The Disney planner. So, yeah, I mean, I'm usually the one who's listening to all the Disney podcasts, keeping up with all of the news, trying to decide the new things we're going to want to incorporate in the next trip or try to sell you on incorporating in our next trip. I like to listen to a lot of Disney music, especially on the way to work in the morning to try to kind of like pep up my mood before a long work day. I like to listen to the park soundtracks as well, uh, especially when I'm doing work during the day just to kind of try to get me through it. And those are probably some of the biggest things. I know we like to watch the movies. You, in particular, like to watch the movies. So we'll do those types of things, too. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Disney streaming service is going to look like, because then I'll be able to watch a lot more of the movies, or just have them on in the background, which is something I like to do. Okay, moving on. This one may be a little bit hard to answer since we've only been to the U.S. parks, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts anyways. There are several Disney parks around the globe. Which do you think is the best, or which one do you get the impression is the best? Which is the worst? What makes them the best and the worst? And do you think the one that you think is the best today, will it continue to be the best, or will it get passed by an up-and-comer such as Tokyo Disney? Anyways, which park's the best? 
of all the Disney parks? All right. Well, I think that's pretty easy to answer. Tokyo Disney is definitely the best. So even though you haven't been there, no, you're willing to crown it I, as the best. From the research that I've done, it definitely seems to be the best. It absolutely looks amazing. I cannot wait for the day that we get to go. It just absolutely incredible, like something you've never seen before. So yeah, definitely Tokyo Disney is the best. Okay, so let me let me stop you right there. Does that include Disney Sea? Yes. If I had to pick between Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, I would say Tokyo Disney Sea. Okay, let's say you're a person who's never been to the parks. You would still choose Disney Tokyo instead of Disneyland in California or Walt Disney World. Well, I mean, it's hard because it depends on your cultural, where you're from, right? I mean, you have to know that when you go to Tokyo, things are really not going to be in English and, you know, the food and the culture is going to be different. So, I mean, I don't really think that that is a fair question to ask. Okay, okay. I guess it is a personal question, so Disney Tokyo. Okay, mine, do we care about mine? Mine would be Disney's Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. It's a classic experience. All right, what's the worst? I will not answer that question because there is no bad Disney park. I don't care where you are. It's still an amazing, magical experience. Okay. What's the worst for you? I would say what what is what I keep getting the impression is likely the worst. It's not a, not a problem of substance, but a problem of quantity. So I'm going to go with Disneyland Paris. I haven't been there. Can't say for sure, but I've heard it leaves much to be desired just because there's not a lot there. Okay. What has been your favorite Disney dining experience and why? Oh, I have one that I think is really good, but I have a feeling it's yours, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, no, just <laughs> say it. It might not be or I can change mine. All right. Oh, let, let me hear what yours is first. No, it's my question. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite Disney dining experience... I would say it it depends on how you approach it. Like best ever versus best relative to your expectations going in. The one where I had the lowest expectations but the best experience, what I would say, was the Jungle Cruise Skipper's Canteen in Magic Kingdom. Maybe not the best experience ever, but relative to what I was expecting going in, we were able to get a day of reservation. I was very, very, very pleased, very impressed, especially I liked how they carried the theming from the Jungle Cruise over to this restaurant. I liked the items on the menu. I liked that you, as a person with food allergies, were able to eat pretty much whatever you wanted. And it, was, it wasn't bland. It had flavor, which isn't really a problem for us people without allergies. But for people with allergies, especially if you've got more than one, if you're allergic to tomatoes, as McKenzie is, it's basically all sauces out the window. So that was really exciting that you were able to have a good dining experience there. Anyways, anyways, McKenzie's, you know, she's making the speeded up He just talks gesture. a lot. <laughs> what is... What is your favorite dining experience? Okay, well, I have to agree with you that Skipper's Canteen is one of my favorites. But I would say for me, I mean, yeah, the food allergy thing was huge. Chef Matt, by the way, is amazing. And he happened to be the chef when we were there last. So I think he had a huge reason into why I enjoyed it so much. But yes, the theming and the food was excellent. Definitely the best we had the whole trip. In terms of best theming at Disney for a dining experience, I would have to say be our guest. I'll say the food itself was not very good, but the theming for Beauty and the Beast fan was top-notch and was amazing. Uh, We actually got a dinner reservation, which was exciting because we got to see the Beast, and we actually got to sit down and have table service. But honestly, in the future, I think if we were to do it again, that maybe we would try to do a lunch if we were going to go back, just because... 
you can order in advance. It's just a quicker in and out. You still kind of get the experience of being in the restaurant itself, but you don't have to actually sit down for a whole table service kind of situation and it's just lunch. So, you know, you don't really, it doesn't really matter as much. Interesting. I, I really did not think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say Tiffin's because we've got to meet Joe Rody and <laughs> that restaurant That's in my opinion is one of the few in park restaurants that is like high-end restaurant quality like you actually like you're paying these high prices and you're getting the value in return i really like the fact that they have three main rooms and they're themed with concept art from the three major areas of animal kingdom it's it, it seemed like it, we're reading in a museum not to mention that we got to meet joe Rody, one yeah. of the head creative experts for the and parks the yeah that was really exciting too and that was a great restaurant we had the best server ever there too do you remember his christopher. name christopher christopher Christopher's amazing. If you ever go there, ask for him. He's been there a long time, and he was excellent. And, yeah, the food there was great, and I definitely think we'll go back next trip because that was also a really good dining experience. Granted, we could go on and on forever probably about our dining experiences because we had a lot of good ones on our last trip. Yeah, yeah. Since Mackenzie's got the allergies, we tend to book more table service restaurants than other people might. But can't say enough about Disney and being allergy-friendly. That's a, that's a topic for another time, though. Anyways, my next question. There's still area to build at least one park in Walt Disney World. What kind of park would you like to see built and why? Hmm. Something with a lot of rides. <laughs> <laughs> so not in Epcot. <laughs> not in Epcot. Definitely not in Epcot. I would like to see something similar to California Adventure built. I think in Disney World, just because I really, really enjoy that park in California, and there's really nothing like that at Disney World. So I think, like, they should bring the Cars Land to Disney World, and I also think that maybe they should bring some of the Marvel characters there or something similar to that. I just think that that could be something really nice to see at Disney World. I think Pixar Park would be cool. That would be really cool, too. I really hope they do an inside-out ride eventually. I think that they could really do a fun attraction. You were saying the other day you think Figment might become an inside-out ride. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's a rumor I've heard, and I mean, who knows, right? But that would be pretty cool. I mean, I understand the whole Figment thing. I am. I have a huge heart for a lot of the old attractions. As you know, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the, the older ones, but Figment is something that I think I would be okay seeing go, but... Granted, I don't really have huge ties to Figment like I do things like the People Movers, so that would be okay with me. Or the Carousel Progress. Yes, and I also one of my top favorites. Okay, what you got for me next? All right, what's your favorite Disney souvenir to collect when we go? The Memory Maker. We did it for our first anniversary this last time we went, and historically, before PhotoPass, when you got off the rides, you had to wait in line to get your pictures, but the couple hundred dollars or whatever it was to pay for Memory Maker was every bit as worth it. At the end of the year, I like to look back and think about what the biggest moments were and just kind of reflect on the year, and one of the things I did this year was think about the best photos we got of the year, and multiples of the top photos that I consider from our 2017 came from the Memory Maker experience, so I think... I like to collect photos of our experiences because memories are most important to me and no pun intended, the memory maker, I think was the best way that we ended up doing that on our last trip. So I'll say that. That's a good one. I really enjoy those pictures too. 
we have printed out multiple of those pictures, just really large. We've got some really nice metal pictures printed from our last trip. We're definitely doing Memory Maker again. It's so worth it, you guys. So definitely do it if you can swing it. That's definitely one of the best things to bring back from year to year. We're also working on collecting ornaments for our own personalized Disney tree. It's gonna take some time to collect all those ornaments because that's definitely a pricey thing to collect, but we try to only pick ones that really kind of bring some kind of memory to us or some kind of emotional response. And so it's going to be a really special treat by the time we're done. Yeah, we ended up going to the Christmas ornament shop in Magic Kingdom when we went to Disney World last. We didn't really find anything that spoke to us. However, our most recent additions are what? The, the Cars ornament from Cars Land. That was an obvious one. And then for my birthday, you gave me an up ornament with the up, little up house and Oogie Boogie because we couldn't get one of the Oogie Boogie popcorn containers. <laughs> yeah. Well, you better start giving me some for my birthday or the tree's all going to be things that you love and then not things that I love, right? I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now it's my question. I can steal your thunder because I see what your next one is. Hey, don't cheat. In the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, what's your favorite land? Oh, all right. Well, that's easy then. Cars Land by far my favorite. I am obsessed with Cars Land, you guys. I just think it's the best thing since sliced bread, so I love it. I hate to steal your thunder a little bit, but I was thinking just the Disneyland park. Not no. The, not the California no, Adventure. No, no, no. So between Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, which are more or less the same, but there's a couple differences. All right, so my favorite in Disneyland would have to be New Orleans Square, or New Orleans Square, depending on how you want to say it. I really, really love it, and I kind of miss that. They didn't have that at Disney World, so that's something I feel like is missing from Disney World, but I don't know. Something about that area just really speaks to me somehow, and we stayed at French Quarter last time we went to Disney World, and I have to say it, it reminded me so much of Disneyland that... I just really loved it. I can definitely see why that's a popular resort. What's your least favorite land? I don't have a least favorite land. I love everything. How about you? My favorite land, if you had asked me 10 years ago, it would have been Tomorrowland. But I would say that mm, that might not be true today. I like the aesthetic of kind of Frontierland and Adventureland over on the, the left side or the west side of the park. I really like the theming around Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Railroad. And I think it's technically a different area, but Haunted Mansion, how all those kind of like coalesce together, I like I like that area a lot. I like what they've done in Disney World at Magic Kingdom with Fantasyland, bringing in the Beauty and the Beast castle and the Be Our Guest restaurant. I like what they've done up there. I would say in terms of my least favorite, it'd be hard to put a pin on it today. Ten years ago, it may have been Fantasyland, but I think they've done a lot to improve that by the incorporation, like I was saying, of the Beauty and the Beast castle and Be Our Guest. I really like the theming of that now. The aerial ride, uh, I think that's a new addition to Magic Kingdom, but it wasn't necessarily there on the Disneyland side. It all ties in real well together, I think. Not to mention the Tangled Tower from Rapunzel. Love it. Love it. All right, well, my next question is what land do you think has the best theming? So that's pretty much what your question was. So I guess we'll just kind of skip it and we'll go back to you. Well... Yours isn't limited to Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. Okay. So Cars Land for you. Definitely Radiator Cars Springs. Land for me. And let me think for a second if I have a different answer for that since we're not scoping it the same. I was thinking Pandora just because it's so new and they put so much into it. 
it really is cool how you walk from, I think it's Africa, into Pandora, and the soundtrack completely changes. It's completely immersive in that way, where when you're in Avatar Land, you're in Avatar Land. You're not necessarily in Animal Kingdom or sub subsection of Florida. It feels completely new, completely different. And even from night to day, it's like night and day. It feels so different. Yeah. Joe Rohde did an excellent job, I must say. He did. He did indeed. And the whole team. All right. Rank the Walt Disney World parks for you today, excluding the water parks. So Disney World, all four? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, So currently, I would say Magic Kingdom would be the top. Second would be Animal Kingdom. The third would be Hollywood Studios. The fourth would be Epcot. Okay. So fast forward a little bit. With the addition of Star Wars Land and Toy (laughs) Story Land... How do you think that changes Disney Hollywood Studios' ranking? Yeah, that's hard. I don't know. I mean, it really depends on what actually ends up happening in reality versus my expectations, right? I think Magic Kingdom will always be my favorite, though, just because of the nostalgia factor. So I'm going to say that that's going to hold number one. Number two, I would say, is probably going to be Hollywood Studios. Not because of Toy Story Land, though, but because of Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Number three, I think, will be Animal Kingdom. And number four, I still think, will be Epcot for me. Okay. How about you? It'll be interesting to see if that changes with the addition of the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Epcot, potentially a new pavilion, and then the Ratatouille ride on the France pavilion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think two new rides are really going to help Epcot for me. I think Epcot has a long way to go before it's going to go up in my rankings. Ouch. (laughs) Okay, I would say for me... I can't justify not putting Magic Kingdom first. From there, it gets a little bit harder. I almost want to say it's a three-way tie because of the nostalgia factor for Disney Hollywood Studios. I would say, let's put Animal Kingdom second, Epcot third, Hollywood Studios fourth, just based on today. It used to be so good. They're investing a lot in the future, so presently, it's got a lot shut down. I was a big fan of the Backlot Tour, so that's what I would say. Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom... Epcot, Hollywood Studios. But there's not a lot of differentiation in my mind from first to fourth. I have special memories at all of them. Okay. What is your favorite show, past or current? Phantasmic at Hollywood Studios. We didn't get to go see it last time and I was devastated. But that's definitely my favorite. (laughs) Second favorite, or favorite fireworks show, I would say, because I don't really consider Phantasmic a fireworks show, would be... Illuminations at Epcot. I think it's on its way out, but I the first time I saw that, it really moved me. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. If it's still there when we go this year, then you better see it, because I think it has a time clock on it. Yep. What about you? Well, for me, I think the Main Street Electrical Parade is definitely always going to be a favorite for me, even though, you know, that's kind of crazy, but that's definitely a California thing. It's gone through phases, so... Okay. They've had it at Disneyland. They've not had it at Disneyland. They've had it at Disney World. They've not had it at Disney World at times. So anyway, that one is definitely um, one of my favorites. Will always be one of my favorites. And I also really like Fantasmic too. So I don't know. I, I like Wishes. I like all of them. Honestly, it's really hard to pick favorites for me. Okay. So this kind of ties into my last question. And I was kind of I was kind of surprised that I didn't put it in my previous one, but it makes sense now because it's in this one. They're investing more than a billion dollars in Epcot over the next couple of years. 
How do you think that's going to change your perception of Epcot? Well, I hope it changes it for the better because the way I currently stand for me, as I've said, it's not one of my favorites. Honestly, I could skip it completely and probably not be heartbroken about it. So. Do you think that's because of the lack of characters? Do you think it's because you can't eat there? I don't know. I just feel like it's... I don't know. I think, for me personally, I didn't grow up going to Disney World, so I don't really have the emotional ties to Epcot. And then when I go, I don't feel the same magic as I do at the other parks at Disneyland or at Disney World. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's missing characters. I think it's missing rides. I think it's missing I, the show. I think could be better personally. I don't know. I just think there's a lot, of, a lot that needs to be done. It just it doesn't feel like... Disney to me I just there's so much missing f- from it for me and I just can't even I just think it's so many things missing I don't think it's just one thing I just think it's multiple things that I don't like about the park I would think I think you would say it's missing heart whereas the other ones have a lot of heart yeah you can feel like the, the warmth of Disney whereas that one feels a little bit more I don't know, machine-like. Well, it feels like it's owned by multiple other companies, which it kind of is, because a lot of the restaurants that are there are not owned by Disney. There's just a lot of things that are just not Disney-esque about it, and I can just really feel it. I can feel that that's true when I'm there, so... Well, don't worry, guys. That's why I'm bringing her back. (laughs) We'll, We'll change that opinion. Okay, what do you got next? If you could have any job at Disney and or Pixar, what would it be? I'd be in charge of stories at Pixar or a, a team member there on the creative team. Maybe not necessarily an animator. That was my dream job growing up, but I think I had a misperception about what the job actually was. I'd like to be involved in the stories and their creation at Pixar. I think they get a little more liberties than they do at the Disney Animation Studio because they have their template that works for them. So I, I would say a Pixar storyboard guy. What about you? I don't know. I think it'd be fun to plan Disney weddings. I think that that would be a really fun job to have to make people's wedding dreams come true, the happiest place on earth. Plus, I just love planning. So to me, I think that that would be a really fun job. Okay. All right. A little different direction for me. Okay. Now that Disney owns so much more IP, they're attempting to reduce the amount of IP that is not their own in the parks. We've seen a couple rides close for that reason great movie ride, Tower of Terror, because they had a lot of intellectual property that Disney didn't own, so they were licensing it. My question is, when Disney replaces these rides and adds new ones, what do you think of IP that you don't consider traditional Disney, traditionally Disney, having a larger presence in the parks? I'm thinking Marvel, Avatar, Pixar, and maybe in the future, The Simpsons and others. Whereas historically, you would think Mickey, Minnie, uh, Jungle Book, Dumbo, Aladdin, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm excited. I'm always excited because I think that what Disney does with things, they do well. I think change for traditional Disney fans is always something that people don't like. And so naturally kind of walls come up and you're like, you're doing what? I mean, I can never imagine, honestly, The Simpsons being in a Disney park. I have to be honest with you. I really can't imagine that. It's definitely more of a universal thing in my mind. I cannot see that ever coming to Disney. But who knows? I mean, whatever they do, it's going to be family-friendly in some sense. Yeah, maybe it'll be a ride that little kids can't ride, but that's the way that things are now. I just don't think they're going to bring anything inappropriate, you know? I just don't see something like that happening. And whatever Disney does, I trust them. And I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I think they could do a lot with Marvel. And although, you know, I'm not like the biggest Marvel fan by any means, maybe I'll start to like it more because Disney's going to do something amazing with it. Okay. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure one of Walt's things was he wants the parks to always be changing, always be adapting. So in inherent in Disney is change. So as long as things continue to adapt, I understand that nostalgia is a big deal, a big part of why they make the money that they do. But I mean, just take Tomorrowland, for example. It's, it feels more like yesterday land now. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it. I've always loved it. But I think change is a big part of the experience. And I think Disney's done a good job this far. So I trust them to incorporate these things in new and interesting and family-friendly ways going forward. Okay. Well, my question, I'm pretty sure we've already covered enough. But <laughs> it is, what are your thoughts on the 21st Century Fox acquisition? I think it's good. I think it'll be interesting to see if it actually ends up happening. There's still the potential for it to get blocked by the DOJ. Yeah, I heard Donald Trump tweeted that he's all for it, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay. What are your must-eat snacks at Disney? Dole Whip. You knew that. That's that's something you knew I was going to say when we asked this question. <laughs> that was a really pleasant surprise. We thought we were waiting in line at Disneyland for in the Enchanted Tiki Room, but it was actually the Dole Whip line. <laughs> Outside of Dole Whip? No, I'm just going to leave it at Dole Whip because it's head and shoulders above the rest in my mind. What about you? Okay. Well, before my food allergies, it was by far churros. I hope one day I can eat churros again because, yes, I grew up eating those. It's a huge Disneyland thing, and... I would love to be able to eat a churro again. I would also say Mickey bars, which again, I can't eat, but I used to love them back in the day and the time that I accidentally ate one after my food allergy situation, which was a bad whole other story. Anyway, granted the classic Disney snacks I love. Another thing I have to mention too is chocolate covered frozen bananas. I used to eat those growing up too and I remember eating them as the parade was going by and everything like that. So I don't know, I guess I have a lot of nostalgia for those snacks and so hopefully I'll be able to eat those again one day. You know, I've never had any of those. I've never had a churro, I've never had the chocolate-covered frozen banana, and I've never had a Mickey bar. You wouldn't like any of them, honestly. I know you wouldn't. They're too sweet. The Mickey bar is basically an ice cream sandwich, right? Yeah. Just shaped like Mickey. Yeah. Um, those, are, those are okay. But it tastes better. It tastes magical because <laughs> it's in the shape of Mickey, okay? On a hot day, yeah. That'd be real nice. That's part of, the, part of the reason I like Dole Whip. One thing I'll say about Dole Whip, too, is it's allergy-friendly, so it's not ice cream, so you can have it. Yeah, unless you have an allergy to pineapples, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah. Okay, so in your opinion, what are the best differences between Walt Disneyland and Walt Disney World? What are the best things I would find at Walt Disneyland that I wouldn't find at Walt Disney World and vice versa? Oh my gosh. Okay, so we can do a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go too far with this. The 30,000 feet? A 30,000 feet view. Disneyland is a completely different experience than Disney World. California Adventure especially is a park like no other in any that they have at Disney World. So Disneyland is a more intimate experience, but it's a more in-depth experience in my opinion. So they do a lot more little things there that you don't see at Disney World, especially during the holidays. And even when it's not the holidays, a lot of the rides have multiple experiences and that kind of thing. So it's just completely different. You don't have to walk as far. It's much easier to park hop. It's much easier to walk to your hotel at the end of the night. You don't have to worry about the bus system. There's just a lot of benefits to Disneyland and California Adventure, but there's less to do overall, so there's that disadvantage. 
at Disney World, you have the advantage of having so much to do. You could stay so long and not do everything. Every time you go back, there's something new pretty much, whether it's a new ride or something that was there before that you just didn't have time to experience before just because they have so many things to do. So overall, it's just a completely different experience, I would say. Okay, so like a couple specific things I know that you feel would be Pirates is better at Disneyland. It's yes. longer. So is Space Mountain. It's not longer, but it, it's, it's different. It's a little different. It's better. Because at one of the parks, it's a it's a two by three, and the other one, it's a one by three. It's better. Okay. The other thing it's I know. A different track. <laughs> the other thing I know that you feel strongly about is the holiday layovers at Disneyland. So good, you guys. And, and then at Disney World, you've got. The different resorts you can stay at. That's a big differentiator. Not to mention the fact that there's four parks, but the different resorts, you get a different unique experience based on Disneyland whatever you like. Disneyland has different resorts too, so don't get me wrong there. There's like 20 at Walt Disney but, World. yes, <laughs> there's a lot more at Disney World. <laughs> create your own adventure, y'all. Uh, okay, I'd say more or less the same thing. If we're talking about which one we like better, people tend to like the one they grew up going to better than the other one. So for me, I'll always be a Walt Disney World guy, and you'll always be a... Disney Tokyo girl. No, Disneyland <laughs> all the way, at least for now, until I go, then I might be moving to Asia, guys, so see ya. <laughs> okay, what's next? Alright, so if you could be in any scene from a Disney and or Pixar movie, what scene would you most like to experience in real life? That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a real tough one. I would say... I'd like to eat at the restaurant in Ratatouille. Ooh, you might actually get yeah, to do that, that if we go to France. That would be really cool. You know they have a Ratatouille restaurant in France, right? I did not know that. Yes, it's connected to the ride, and I heard it, the theming is out of this world. So that is something that could possibly happen in Epcot, but I've heard that it's probably not likely because since France has a lot of rights to the pavilion, they're pretty upset about the whole Ratatouille thing happening, and they made it very clear that nothing would happen with the French restaurant that's currently there if they were to add that ride. Granted, I don't know how true that is, but I have a feeling there's not going to be a Ratatouille restaurant at Disney World, so we'll see. Okay, okay. So I, I have a feeling you were surprised by the answer. What would you say? That was a good answer. I Honestly, I haven't really thought this through. Um, <laughs> uh... I don't know. I feel like one thing that it's already manifested that you would really like is the Be Our Guest restaurant. I guess I'd like to go to the Up House because I think that that would be kind of cool because it's still kind of like something that's in this world, but also not in this world, right? And so currently there is an Instagram account called The Real Up House, which looks exactly like The Real Up House, which looks super cool. And I really want to go and take pictures there because you can do that, of course, for a price. But still, you can do that. How cool would it be to have some up-themed pictures? That'd be really cool. Maybe we'll go when we're as old as they were. Yeah. Okay. Which company do you think will play a bigger role in our lives in 50 years? Amazon or Disney? I hope Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope Disney. Honestly, Disney is, is huge. It's its own beast, and so is Amazon. And honestly, they're very different. So I, I think Disney. I go with Disney. Hope Disney. I hope it's Disney. Because <laughs> I, I don't mind a future where Disney's the biggest company on Earth. Where Amazon, you know, it's a little more Skynetty from, like, Terminator. All right. Which Disney world, existing in a park or not, would you most like to live in? 
it's what universe from either one of the films or from the parts I like to live in. Mm-hmm. Probably, I mean, I, I know I said Wally's one of my favorites, but I wouldn't want to live in that world because <laughs> uh, it's all it's all gone to heck. I would say, I'm just combing my memory. Maybe, you know what, maybe I am going to say Wally's world because at the end of the movie they come back to Earth and things are really rebounding for them and I think that'd be a cool thing to be a part of. Okay. All right. I don't know. I didn't put any thought into this question. <laughs> All right. What are your top three Disney slash Pixar movies? Would you like to see them represented more in the parks? Beauty and the Beast. What after that? I really like Beauty and the Beast. I really like Inside Out. I really like... Secret Mystery third movie that we haven't talked about yet. Monsters, Inc. I like Monsters, Inc. a lot. That would and, be a cool world to live in. And yes, I would like to see... Yeah, I agree. Monsters, Inc. is my answer for the world to live in. Question. And yes, I mean, Monsters, Inc., there is a ride in California Adventure, but they didn't do the best job with it, in my opinion. So I... I, I would say they, they squandered that opportunity. <laughs> Take a look at the one in... Where is it? Tokyo? Tokyo Disney? Yeah. The hide-and-go-seek? Yeah. yeah, now that, and go that seek. needs to come to a Disney U.S. park, for sure. Verified by watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> okay, so we hinted on this. If Walt Disney were alive today, how do you think he'd feel about the changes we've seen across the decades since he's passed? Both to the, the brand, the parks, the movies. Yeah, I mean, I think he would be really proud. Uh, I think that he... He always wanted change. He didn't want things to remain constant. So I think that the Imagineers and the company itself has done just a wonderful job by um, innovating, but also keeping true to the mission itself by allowing them to dream and be creative and just keep setting the bar. I mean, they've been the leader in this industry for so long now. And in my opinion, are still the leaders and theme parks and movies and experiences that you've never seen. And I think that they're going to continue to do that and they should be really proud of themselves. And I think Walt Disney would be extremely proud of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel the same more or less. I would say right now they're trending up and it seems like they've been trending up for a little while now, especially on the movie side. I suspect that at some point we'll see another lull, maybe not as bad as Tinkerbell 3, Little Mermaid 3, that period where they were doing those direct-to-VHS, if you know what a VHS is, sequels. I like the way things are headed right now. I think if he were alive today, he would, he'd be proud to have Bob Iger heading the company. Maybe not so much Michael Eisner, but <laughs> that's, that's the past. Mistakes were made, mistakes were corrected, we're on the right path now, that's all that's important. So I think he'd be pleased. Okay. What's your favorite way to pass the time waiting in long lines and queues? Oh, it depends because some of them have interactive queues. I particularly have a preference for the Soren queue at Epcot because it's got the interactive trivia game. So I would say that that one's my favorite. What about you? Okay, well, if it's not an interactive queue, which I do have to say Walt Disney World does a lot better than Disneyland. They do a lot better with the interactive queues. And a lot more of the queues are inside since it is so warm, usually, Florida. So I have to give them a shout out for all of that. 
But if you don't have any of that and you're waiting on a long line, then Heads Up is a really fun game that you can get on your iPhone. And they actually have a Disney Parks deck. And you can get it for free if you're actually at Disney. The game itself costs a couple of dollars, but then the deck... I thought you could download it for free. You can you? I think Maybe so. Maybe you can. I think you can. Anyway, whatever. We did it when we were there, and we had a lot of fun with it. And the people that were standing next to us in line, this is when Test Track was broken down, they were, like, laughing at us because there were a lot of, I guess, like, new Disney questions that we didn't know the answers to. Like and, Disney Channel questions, Disney yeah, teens. We yeah. didn't know any of those names. Yeah, and they were laughing at us because we had no clue who they were. So, anyway, it was a lot of fun and good way to get to know the people around you, too. So Yeah, I mean, if it was, like, even Stevens or something from that generation, I'd be all over it. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know if you know who that is. Okay, so this one's a little out of left field. If you had to choose a piece of Disney park decor and incorporate it into your home, what would it be? Would your home have an enchanted tiki room? Would it be papered in the Haunted Mansion's wallpaper? Would it have the toys from Toy Story? In your backyard, would you have the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse? Or a Tree of Life? Rocking roller coaster drink coasters? A magic carpet rug? What would you have? My gosh, I would take it all. <laughs> I love it all, you guys. I think Disney theming is just one of a kind. And when they do those Disney auctions, I just, like, die. Like, I love looking to see what items they're auctioning off and how much they sell for. Usually it's something, like, out of this world. I know recently there was an original Autopia car that was auctioned off. And, oh, my goodness, but I love to have that. What would we do with it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, put it in a room and make it Autopia-themed. It's just such a staple of the original Disneyland uh, and Walt Disney's vision. It was one of the first rides. I'm such a Walt Disney nerd. We've talked a lot about memories, and I will say that was one memory you were really happy about when we were at Disneyland. You were talking about riding Autopia with your dad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a rite of passage for kids to ride Autopia with their parents and not be able to reach the pedal and now they've changed it but when I was a kid what would happen is your parent would have to move their leg over to the side to try to like push it for the kid while they're trying to steer and they're of course crashing all over the place on the track itself and now it's changed where they've put the pedal in the middle so it's much easier now but anyway it's a rite of passage for every kid to ride Autopia with their parents so parents make sure you take your kids on that ride so to get back to my question, you would want an Autopia car. In the home. <laughs> Who knew? Yes. I would say Haunted Mansion wallpaper. Ooh, that's creepy. I would like that. Or uh, going along with the ideas I had, maybe a maybe a magic carpet rug. That'd be cool. All right. Let's hear. Let's hear your next one. All right. What's your favorite Disney song? My favorite Disney song. It probably depends on how I'm feeling day to day. I do think Disney has better songs than Pixar for the most part. I mean, that makes sense. Pixar's movies aren't musicals, usually. I would say it's hard to pick a song. It's easy for me to pick movies that are stronger song-wise. Tarzan, love the Phil Collins soundtrack. Moana has some of the best songs in the Disney canon, not to mention The Lion King and Aladdin. If I had to pick just one song, though, oh man, Mulan's also really good. If I had to pick one song, though, it would be, it would have to be one of them off the Tarzan soundtrack. I agree. Strangers Like Me, mm-hmm. Son of Man, You'll Be In My Heart, Two Worlds, man, there, there's so many good ones off that So good. Off that one. 
I agree completely. Phil Collins is a genius, so I would that whole soundtrack is amazing. Okay, what's your favorite Disney quote? There's so many good ones from Timon and Pumbaa. It would either be you gotta put the past behind you or Hakuna Matata. We'll just go Hakuna Matata. That's okay. easy that's an easy one. Means no worries. Okay. What about you? Mine has to be a Walt Disney quote. I have so many favorites, but I would say my top two are probably laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. And all your dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. You know what? That reminds me. Some IP that I would like Disney to own is Dr. Seuss. I think that would be cool. I'd like to see Disney buy yeah. Dr. Seuss because those Mike Myers movies with the cat and hat were weird. <laughs> and I think Disney would do a much, 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 much better job. Yeah, I could see it being kind of like Alice in Wonderland-esque, kind of. That's another thing I really hope that they could do one day, is bring more Alice in Wonderland to the U.S. parks. There is a lot of that in Tokyo, I've heard, which I'm a huge Alice in Wonderland fan, so I have to say that I really, really hope that they do bring that to the U.S. parks. Okay. So I'll say, lastly, this is kind of meta, why a podcast why do you think the world needs to hear our thoughts and opinions on Disney? And why do you think we decided to do a podcast instead of some other form? Well, first of all, I don't think the world needs to hear our opinions. But I do think that you should follow your passions in life. And one of the things that always gets me excited is talking about Disney. And I just love it. Like, my coworkers are asking about my upcoming Disney trip or how was my trip or whatever. Or, hey, I know that you've been before. Can you give me some advice? Like, we're planning a trip. I am so excited. I want to talk about it all day. I would talk about it all day if people would listen to me. I've thought multiple times about how I could change my career to something to do with Disney. I just, it's one of those things that always makes me happy, that always gets me excited. I'm such a Disney nerd. And I'm always begging Michael to plan another trip. When can we go next? I need to know when we're going next. How many times can we go this year? I just love it so much. And I work to feed my Disney obsession. That's that's exactly what happens in my world. So that's what keeps me motivated every day. (laughs) I really like... So I agree that people don't necessarily need to hear our opinions or our, our voices. But one thing that I really like is one of my missions in life is to help bring warmth and joy to people and Disney is such a good vehicle for that something that a lot of people can connect with it's a brand that has like higher brand aware like more people know who Mickey Mouse is than Santa Claus in the United and not just the United States but the world I read the other day and uh, if I if I can leverage some of that to help bring a, even a little bit more joy or just expression of my exuberance to the world then then I'm going to do it. And this is this is a good opportunity for that. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel the same way we do about the brand. I mean, granted, there's millions of podcasts out there already. There's millions of websites and planning tips and tricks and Walt Disney World planners and everything you can imagine is already out there. But I just think that bringing a little bit of Disney magic into your everyday life is just something special. And then hopefully we can do that for people. And hopefully we can also share some of our knowledge and expertise that we've learned along the way to help somebody plan their trip and make it better for them and more magical for them. Yeah. And in terms of doing a podcast, this just made the most sense for us starting out. It is possible, depending on how things go. We're just experimenting right now with the format. We're not necessarily tied to anything. 
we might add some different formats in the future. So yeah, hope you had an opportunity to learn a little bit more about us today and kind of why we're in, why we love Disney, what we bring to the table. We're hoping to become a regular part of your routine, whether it's your commute or your audio when you listen at the gym. If you've still managed to last this long, we thank you. Until next time, this has been The Magic in Our Garage. Please, if you have a second, if you've enjoyed this episode, find us on Facebook, give us a like, go on to iTunes. Give subscribe. Us, give us a good review, subscribe, it really does help. Until next time, this has been The Magic in Our Garage. See you real soon. Bye.